I just think about how many people in academic medicine and public health, I just think about how many people in these careers work just tooth and nail. They work so hard to get to this place of funding or get to this place of execution or get this leadership position. And we just allow them to be completely unequipped to actually handle those roles well. And then what we have normalized, we won't call it toxicity. What we have normalized is a lack of those skills. We've just normalized a lack of management skills. We've normalized a lack of uh, organization skills. We've normalized poor communication skills. We got people who are reacting to things as if they were 12 years old in middle school. And we have normalized that. We have normalized that because we do not have a culture that expects, respects, or communicates or gives the kind of personal and professional development that is required in order to handle these successes. Hello, hello. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. So the truth is I get messages all the time from people who are like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is too good. I definitely want to do more. How can I work with you? Like, where is the front door? And so if that's you and you're a woman of color faculty in academic medicine or public health, just keep listening. The question is, are you building the academic career you want or hard at work checking boxes on everyone else's to-do list? A successful career doing the work that you love doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your values, your family, or your joy. Stop trying to be everything to everybody and get to learning the strategies that will 3x your productivity, hone your passions into grant-funded projects, and create the career you worked so hard to achieve. If you have been to every career development or professional development workshop that sounded great, but didn't actually deal with the kind of institutional pressures you face. If you are working hard, but somehow stuck in inefficiency, putting everyone else's priorities first. If you spent years training and sacrificing to become academic faculty, and here you are still working when you don't want to be on the projects you care most about. I'm here to tell you that you can walk away from this institutional mindset forever and take control of your career with clarity and strategy. Every day, I help women of color faculty in academic medicine and public health, like you, reframe and recreate their academic life so that they can channel their ideas, passions, and skills into grant-funded work with institutional support. And that is why this episode is brought to you by Get That Grant, our six-month comprehensive high-performance coaching program for high-achieving, 
women of color faculty in academic medicine and public health who are ready to reclaim career control and secure grant funding doing the work they love. In Get That Grant, we help you kick imposter syndrome to the curb for good so you lead your career with clarity and confidence. We help you learn productivity and strategy skills for grants and papers to maximize your chances of success without wasting your time, abandoning your passion, or working yourself into the ground. We help you build the foundation for an amazing and fulfilling academic career, changing your life and the lives of everyone your work will touch. Yes, this future is possible for you, and it's waiting on you to take the first step. If you are ready for career success without sacrifice, without suffering, then I encourage you to join our waitlist at kemidole.com backslash grant. After you join the waitlist, you will be notified when the next Get That Grant cohort will be enrolling. Your application process will include an in-depth career foundations assessment, helping you identify the gaps in your foundation that are holding you back from enjoying the career you worked so hard to achieve. No more secret worrying that the career you really want isn't really possible. This career assessment will show you exactly where you need to focus to level up your experience and your impact. Join the waitlist today to get in line. Visit kemidole.com backslash grant to sign up. See you soon. Hey, y'all. I wanted to hop on today and talk a little bit about some insights I've been thinking about, about how we can reverse engineer a reverse engineer ourselves out of some of the toxic cultural norms that we have in academic medicine and public health. What's up? What's up? If this is the first time you're joining me live, my name is Kemi Dole. I'm a coach and career strategist for women of color faculty in academic medicine and public health. And hi, I'm back. It's been a while. <laughs> After the 30 day live challenge, your girl took a break, but I'm back. And I don't think this will be very long for two reasons. I have like two hard deadlines. One is that on the hour, my childcare will end and therefore I'll have small people to take care of. But also on the hour, my like social media app blocker will activate. And so it'll shut me down anyway. So let's do this. I wanted to talk about this. I'm reading this book. It's called Burn It Down by Maureen Ryan. Power, complicity, and a call for change in Hollywood. Apparently she goes by Mo. Okay, so this, I was just interested in this book, thinking about like the writer strike and the actor strike and all of that. I think it got me interested. I heard it recommended on some podcasts and y'all know I'm like a voracious reader. So I always have to be reading something. But first of all, it's really good. And it's it's essentially like scoping out from the Me Too movement, scoping out from there of like kind of the reckoning of what's really happened, but kind of going beyond some of the toxic culture that's just around sexual harassment and sexual abuse, although that's important to like a larger culture that is really based in like exploitation and abuse, like writ large. Anyway, a few things to know about this book. One, it is very well written. I love a well-written book. This one, extremely well-written. Number two, this woman is resourced out the ass, okay? Like when I talk about receipts upon receipts upon receipts, I also love that. And the third thing is that this book is like tea, like the way that the name dropping situation, the like, oh no, we are going to talk about who I am talking about. Like there are some things that she keeps anonymous, but so much of this is like, no, we're going to name names. We're going to talk about dates. So if you want a book where you're like, wait, she did what? Wait, like who did when? This is the book for you. 
Seriously. I was like so amazed about how readable it was, but I think that's part of it because it's like these are all famous people and it's very interesting to read about their behavior in such detail. Okay. Anyway, so one of the main points of this book, which she makes a great case for, is that it's not just that there are these like toxic people in Hollywood. It's like the first issue is that one, there are these toxic people that are like allowed to be toxic. And they're allowed to be toxic because we say things like, well, it's kind of like it's thought to be it's worth it, right? It's like, it's worth the fact that this person is abusive, mean, exploitative, because they produce great work, basically. And like, that's kind of like the first level of like, that is not great that we continue to tolerate those kinds of people. You're starting to see how this comes. This is going to come into academic medicine, hopefully. But the second thing that the actual, the bigger arguments that she makes, which I was so compelled by, which is why I'm talking to you right now, is that it's not just that we tolerate toxic people because we're like, well, you know, look at this. We got a best picture Oscar winner out of this person. It's worth it. It's that at this point, Hollywood has created this narrative that in order to have great creative things, in order to make great art, you have to have that toxicity. So she really, I mean, she really lays out this beautiful argument, again, well-evidenced, well-sourced about how it's not just that we're tolerating these kind of negative behaviors. We've created, there's this ethos in Hollywood that in order to like act as well as possible, in order to give the best performance, you are somehow like being so ridiculous to other people, being so demeaning, method acting out the ass or whatever so much that like that part is required in order for you to like give that great performance. A director is required to be an asshole in order to get the best out of the actors. Like a producer is required to be slimy and terrible and like deeply abusive and deeply whatever, because that's just what like amazing creative people do. And so it really is just feeding into this evil genius. But I think her distinction there is really important because what it means is that it's not just that we happen to tolerate people who happen to be toxic and great. It's that we have conflated the definition of great with this toxic behavior. We've decided that those things go together. And that made me think about academic medicine and public health. That made me think about the kind of toxic PI narratives that we have running around. Where on the superficial level, it's like, oh, well, we have to tolerate this person because they bring in millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in grant funding. So sorry, people, but we just have to tolerate it. We have to tolerate that person because they'd be bringing in the RVUs. So it doesn't matter if they're abusive. It doesn't matter if they're exploiting people. It doesn't matter if nobody wants to work with them. It, none of that matters because they're bringing in the dollars. That's the end. So there's, to me, that's like the superficial level that exists here in academic medicine and public health. But then if we go deeper, just like she did, we have to really start to question, why are we so comfortable with this idea of the evil genius? Why do we believe like, oh, once you get to a certain level, once you're a PI of multi-million dollar grants, once you're leading all of these people, you will just adopt some of these behaviors too, because this is just how it is. And I think, this is my thing, is we don't think about it as, oh, when you get to these leadership positions, you will become toxic. We don't think about it as when you get these grants funded, you will become toxic. That's not how we think about it. I don't even think that's, we don't have it that explicit. But what we do is we don't give people 
any tools, no career development tools, no professional development tools, no personal development tools to actually handle the visibility, the increased responsibility, the operations, the personnel management that comes along with that success. So we tell them they have to hustle and they have to hustle and they have to hustle to be successful. You've got to submit that grant and resubmit it and get it again. You've got to get past the 11% pay line. You've got to do all these things. We tell them you have to do all these things. We give them minimal resources. They're working all the time. They get that thing and then we equip them in no way, shape or form to actually be able to handle that, to know how to manage people, staff to know how to communicate and set expectations and boundaries effectively, to understand how to be a holistic leader, not an exploitative one, to understand how to enact the vision in your head out into the world, to understand any of that. We don't give them any of those tools. So they end up with these like very common and very maladaptive behaviors that essentially is passing urgency down. I'm last minute, so now you have to be last minute that is exploiting people in terms of their efforts and their work, exploiting trainees, et cetera, because they don't know how to step back and plan years at a time to clarify what are appropriate projects and what are not for different people. Like they're missing all of these skills that would be required. Here's another one, the hypervisibility that comes with success. You know the skill that you need for that? Emotional maturity, my friends. <laughs> you need to be able to manage yourself well. You need to be able to understand what it's like to have a deluge of requests for you, to have constant people asking you for things all of the time, all of the time. You have to understand and have the skills to manage the emotions of that, to manage the pressure of that, to manage the decision-making of like what makes it through versus what is filtered out, to manage disappointing people. Otherwise, you're literally going to drown because you're not gonna be able to handle it. But because we don't give people any of those skills, it's not incorporated into our professional development training at all. We pretend that that's not even a thing, that like the goal is just getting to the success point, the end. Like we don't even kind of talk about what is required to maintain that success, to move it forward, et cetera. People then adopt these common toxic behaviors. And then here we have another great successful PI that kind of nobody wants to work under. Or we have another great successful person that we allow to be exploitative, that we allow to be not great to work with in all of these things because they never had the skills to begin with. And this is why I'm never going to stop harping on like professional and personal development. You're not going to separate the two. They go together and they're both important. But you simply cannot like, I just think about how many people in academic medicine and public health, I just think about how many people in these careers work just tooth and nail. They work so hard to get to this place of funding or get to this place of execution or get this leadership position. And we just allow them to be completely unequipped to actually handle those roles well. And then what we have normalized, we won't call it toxicity. What we have normalized is a lack of those skills. We've just normalized a lack of management skills. We've normalized a lack of uh, organization skills. We've normalized poor communication skills. We got people who are reacting to things as if they were 12 years old in middle school and we have normalized that. We have normalized that because we do not have a culture that expects, respects, or communicates or gives 
the kind of personal and professional development that is required in order to handle these successes. And like, as usual, I'm empathetic. I'm always going to be empathetic to us because we didn't learn this. In your residency, you did not learn this. You did not learn this in the PhD program. You did not learn any of this. We treat these kinds of skills as like bonus things, as like, oh, I might do this just because I have some extra time. Let me go to a productivity workshop because I got some extra time. Are you kidding me? Let me go to a little workshop on change management as a leader because I got extra time. How are you going to be a leader? You don't have any concept of how to do change management in an organization or a group. How are you going to be a PI of a grant? You get to hire your first two, three people. You don't know anything about managing staff. In fact, the only lessons that you're bringing into that are the lessons of the hierarchical clinical structures that you spent 80 plus hours a week working within. And now you're trying to manage staff who have reasonable hours and time and expectations. It's no wonder there are these like mismatches. It's no wonder we're just okay with like the bumbling faculty member who is not that great with staff or who is not that great of a colleague. And I just want to call us in and say, it could be better. And maybe we need to recognize that we can decouple this idea that because you become successful, because you get the thing that you've been going after, because now you have X number of dollars to spend grant money in your pocket, because now you manage people, because any of these things that you would just naturally know how to do it well. And instead, actually expect the opposite. You don't know what you're doing. So what is your personal and professional development plan? How about we normalize that perspective? What you were good at is getting to the place that you're trying to go. Congratulations. Amazing. You were good at getting that grant. You were good at securing that leadership position. You were good at the journey to get to where you are. But we're going to assume something different. Not that, oh, well, if you could do that, you could do this. Keep moving. We're going to assume, hey, this is a new set of circumstances. This is a new set of requirements. Your little time management of working all the time and pulling overnighters and working at the last minute, all that stuff, that was cute when it was just you. Your grant's funded. You can't do that with your staff. Excuse me? Nobody's getting on Zoom with you at 11 p.m. because you're late. Are you kidding me? You cannot continue in that way. Just because those time management or lack of any time approach worked when you were alone does not mean it's gonna work when you now have a team. But yet how many faculty come to me and they're like, I just don't understand how to like manage my RC. I don't understand how to manage my staff. And I'm like, what are the expectations? What's the organization? What's the communication strategy? What's the culture of your team? What's the culture of your lab? Where is that written? Where are the values? Where do we learn to do this? Nowhere. So it's understandable that we have then created this almost avatar, you know, of the faculty PI member, which really annoys me of almost being like, oh, you're a genius, but you're also inept. You know, like the great faculty member who can get the grants, but basically is like completely useless in all other ways. That's like bullshit created, y'all. Like it's constructed and we don't have to normalize it. And also, this is where I'm going to be a little prickly. Also, if you're somebody who's come into those levels of successes and you haven't engaged in any meaningful professional development and career development and personal development, y'all got to manage your emotions. If you haven't done all of that, I'm going to ask you, like, let's not be comfortable. Let's not be comfortable in the norm 
of not knowing how to manage people well, of not treating people well, of not communicating well, of passive aggressive emails because you don't know how to address conflict directly, but respectfully, of having people stressed all out everything because you cannot manage things on time and you can't turn anything in on time. Let's not normalize that and say, well, this is just what comes with the territory. Let's acknowledge I am missing skills that I, and I can close that gap. That's actually what's possible for me. Success does not have to equal this kind of behavior or just accepting this kind of behavior from myself or others. I think it will do us all that, all a service. It truly will. And that's what I wanted to share. And that's what I got out of this book. There are a lot of similarities here. I thought there's like so much hierarchy in this world and there's so much hierarchy in the way that we train and come up in academics. And it just, it really resonated in many ways. But I wanted to pull out that particular part about how tolerance for a certain behavior, tolerance for disrespect and poor communication skills and all of that, that's just the first level of the problem. It becomes a deeper problem because then we start to conflate that kind of behavior with a certain level of success. And then we stop expecting better for ourselves. And that is no good. We didn't come here for all that. No, no, no. And so, um, I don't know. I just wanted to share that with y'all because I think we can all learn lessons from this. And I'm really tired of, I'm tired of a lot of things, but I will say it is incredible to me how many coaching conversations and just conversations with colleagues basically get down to like the main point of it is how do I navigate around this person who like cannot communicate well and or does not do what they say they do. Like literally, at the core of it, it's literally that. And I'm sitting here like, are we adults? But that's the problem. That's where we've gotten to. People with an immense amount of power, people in important positions, maybe even yourself, who do not have a match for the personal and professional development skills required to do that role well. And with that, I will close as I'm coming up on my time. I'm so curious as to your thoughts about this. If you read this book, burn it down, hit me up. I'm so curious as to what you think about it. I love a book that's like gossipy, but also facts. You know what I mean? It's like the perfect combination. And I think it would probably resonate with people in a lot of different industries, but that's my take on it in terms of ours. All right, y'all. I love y'all so much. This was super fun and quick. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Um, well, I'm going to keep calling it Twitter threads, all of the things with your thoughts. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening with me today. I appreciate your time as I know it's so valuable. I hope this episode was helpful to you and I hope you feel energized to go out and claim your unapologetic career. See you soon.